Hey, Praise Chapel Paramount, welcome to our podcast. Hey, this is Omar here. Hey, this message you're about to listen to is from Pastor Omar's sermon series, I Am Feeling, in a message called I Am Feeling Praise. We always have a, a reason to praise the Lord and, and worship Him, so we hope you're encouraged and hope you're blessed. We're glad you're here. Are you glad you're in the house of God today? Turn to someone and say you're in the right place at the right time right now. Come on, give God praise today. I'll tell you what, I, I've been looking forward to this day for a long time. Hallelujah. And uh, I, I've been tired of preaching in empty chairs, I can tell you that. And uh, it's been a wonderful uh, time uh, being able to minister online and, and reaching all kinds of different people that have gotten online with us and new people. And I appreciate all of you, your faithfulness, watching online, being with us, and uh, your uh, contributions and uh, your faithfulness. Give yourself a hand. I'll tell you what, man. I appreciate this church. It almost seems like we haven't missed a beat, huh? And and, uh, someone just told me it's like we never left. I go, no, no, I felt felt it for a while here, guys. But, uh, But it does feel good to be together and to worship God together, and we appreciate all of you. Uh, uh, You know, having to go through all the different things in order for us to get together all the different guidelines. And and again, uh, we do encourage you, again, to wear masks, but it's up to you. Again, it it is recommended. Uh, All these different things and guidelines that they give us. But uh, we thank God that there's a God in heaven. He is in control, right? I said he's in control. We so much appreciate all of you. And uh, being able to come together and hopefully as things begin to open up and uh, we begin to see more things happen and they begin to relax a lot of different things, uh, we'll just see the Lord just moving and touching lives. But we welcome all of you here this morning. We're glad that you were able to make it. And uh, I know there's different guidelines. We don't have children's church yet, but uh, all of that, I believe, is going to begin to open up. Is that all right? Praise God. We're glad to be together. And so we are on a series this morning. And again, we planned this series over three months ago, I believe it was in February, that we uh, got together, I get a a crew together of of what we call our creative team, a number of people that are on that team, and uh, I begin to share my heart about different messages the Lord has laid on my heart, and uh, we begin to create a series, and the series that we came up with for this month is called uh, I Am Feeling, and we're talking about how we feel. And, and different feelings that we have. And who knew that we would be in this pandemic, right? Who, would be, who knew that there would be so many emotions that we would be going through right now, and yet here we are. And so this morning, I want to talk about an emotion that I think all of us need right now, and that's the emotion of praise. Hallelujah. How many feel like praising God this morning? I, I'll tell you what. I, I love that song, you know, He Turns the Graves into Gardens. Is that the way, is that the name of the song? And as we were singing it this morning, I, I, I've been listening to that song since yesterday, actually, and, uh, uh, and then this morning, and I probably have heard that song about 50 times. I've been hearing that song. So finally, we get here this morning, we start singing it, I go, yeah. And then, I, then the tears start welling up, but you know, I can't get all emotional. I'm going to preach, and I'll be sniffing, and I mean, you know, sniffling and doing all of that. So I just said, I, I'd rather hold, I got to hold back my tears, but I'll tell you what, it's good to know that the Lord can turn even graves into gardens. Hallelujah. 
That is the power of God. So I'm going to pray today. I'm going to pray that the Lord will minister to all of you. I'm so glad to see you today. So, Father, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your power. We thank you today, Lord, that we can gather together to worship you and to give you praise and to give you honor. I pray today for the anointing of your spirit as I declare the word of God. That, Father, that people would hear the voice behind the voice. And I pray today that you'll minister to every life, that the word of God will come alive in their heart. And I thank you in Jesus' name. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. And so I'm going to be focused on Philippians chapter 4. And let me give you the content of what's happening here, the context of what's happening in this particular chapter because there's a lot of things and a lot of emotions that are going on in Paul's life. And I'll tell you what, it's going to get good. So let me just lay a little bit of groundwork. Is that all right? And so he, Paul the Apostle, is in, uh, he's had a heart to go to Rome. And one of the things that he, reason why he wanted to go to Rome is that he wanted to go to Rome not because of its beauty, because we know that Rome during that time uh, had beautiful architectural uh, buildings and that coliseums and that palaces and all these different things. It was the most modern city in the world during that time. And the Bible says that Paul many times mentions, I want to go to Rome. And he wanted to go to Rome to, to preach to the most influential people because he believed that Rome was the roadway to the world. Uh, uh, Rome was influential at commerce. It, had, it was reaching around uh, different places. So he figured if I could go to Rome and reach some leaders there and reach people of influence, I could reach the world. Well, guess what? He gets to Rome, but not as a preacher, as a prisoner. And he writes to the Philippian church, and this is where we begin to read this story in Philippians chapter 4, and he's writing to the Philippians because he's in prison in Rome for preaching the gospel. Talk about injustice, am I right? He's preaching the gospel, and because he's preaching the gospel, he's thrown in prison. How many know sometimes people don't want to hear the truth? And so he's preaching the truth, and people don't like it. And the Bible says they end up putting him in Rome or in prison in Rome, and he's in lockdown. He's in 24-hour surveillance. He's under Roman security, and he's awaiting trial. He's awaiting what's going to happen. Now, talk about a time of wanting to feel anxiety. When you're in lockdown and quarantine, you know what I'm talking about? When you can't get out, this is where he's at. He's in quarantine. He can't get out. He doesn't know what he's going to do. He doesn't know what awaits him. He's waiting for a judgment about what's going to happen to his life. And here he is. He's been wrongfully put in prison. And this is what he says. I love what he says in Philippians chapter 4, verse number 6. This should be a time where he's filled with anxiety, where he should be filled with worry. And I want you to get the context of what I'm saying because this is what he says. Instead of saying all that, he starts the letter in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Paul says, rejoice in the Lord always. Say rejoice. rejoice. And he said, and again, I say rejoice. I love this. It's almost like he's saying, rejoice in the Lord always. But almost like he's saying, you're mama devil. Amen. And I'm going to say it again. Rejoice in the Lord always. Your mama. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> 
And he's saying, you know what? I'm in prison. I'm in quarantine. I'm under 24-hour surveillance. But I'm going to rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Hallelujah. He could have been overwhelmed with depression. He could have been overwhelmed with anxiety and tension, all of these different things. But instead, he said, rejoice in the Lord always. How many know that could be a good verse on your, on your refrigerator? That could be a good verse on a coffee cup. Am I right? That might even be a good verse on your screensaver. Maybe a, a bumper sticker to say, rejoice in the Lord always. And, and I wonder how he could do that. How many can rejoice in the Lord always? That's difficult to do. In fact, when we're going through trials and we're going through difficulties in our life, it gets annoying when somebody says, well, pastor, rejoice in the Lord always. I'm going to rejoice you right now, amen, in the Lord always. When you get a flat tire, somebody comes up to you and says, rejoice in the Lord always. I mean, that's not easy to do. Could you imagine? This is what Paul is saying. I mean, really, Paul, I mean, you know, we're, we're, we're changing the tire. It's 100 degrees. We're in the desert. How could we rejoice? Seriously. And, and I'm telling you, this is Paul the Apostle saying, rejoice in the Lord always. No matter what circumstances you're in, no matter if you lost your job, no matter if you can't make your rent, no matter if you lost your best friend, if somebody cheated on on you, we're going to find a way to rejoice in the Lord always. Hallelujah. And then this is what he says. He goes on to say this, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all because the Lord is near. He said, don't be anxious. In other words, don't be worried. Turn to someone and say, don't be worried, but you know, kind of, you know, cover your mouth a little bit, but uh, uh, don't be worried about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, I love this, which transcends all understanding. Sometimes we don't realize God wants to give you peace that's beyond your understanding. He said, may that guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. See, sometimes this morning we need the peace of God to guard our hearts. Right. Because sometimes, man, when we don't have the peace of God, we can think kind of crazy, right? We're all over the place, and we need the peace of God. And so here is Paul, the apostle, saying, I, I, I rejoice in the Lord always, and, and yet he's the prisoner, and he's going to bed as the prisoner, but somehow he's gotten a, a different perspective, say perspective. And what he's gotten is a praise perspective. And I believe that's the way we're going to uh, allow our feelings this morning to get a hold of us because they can't. We're more feeling than we are thinkers. A lot of times we say we think first. No, you feel first, then you think. That's why you got to get a hold of your emotion. But in this case, Paul is saying, you know what? Uh, I'm just going to praise God. You're mama devil. I'm going to praise God. I I'm going to just praise God. And again, I say rejoice. I'm going to praise God because he got a perspective. And what perspective means is this. It simply means a, a way of looking at something. See, all of us can look at something, but all of us can have a different perspective. Many of us can have a different opinion. We can be looking at the same thing. And yet we can have a different perspective or we can analyze something. We can see something different. Am I right? You can, you can see somebody on, on Facebook and they're talking about 
uh, uh, baking cookies. And if I'm, uh, if I'm a guy, I'm looking at how many uh, chocolate chips are in the cookie. Because, you know, if you're going to eat chocolate chips, you got to have chips in there, right? And, and, but, but, but I'm looking at the video, and a woman back is looking at it, and she's looking at, you know, at her kitchen and looking at her cabinets and, and looking at all the pans in the background. I don't care about that. I'm looking at the cookies. And I want to know how long they're going to bake and when they're ready to eat. And she's selling those cookies. Am I right? So we can have a different perspective on how things are and how we, how we view things and how we look at things. If we're not careful this morning, we think we all see the same thing. But when we're under pressure, I said when we're under pressure, we can get a different perspective. You'll find out who you really are when you're under pressure. I can tell you during this pandemic, we found out who people really are when they're under pressure. Am I right? What happens to them, how they begin to perceive things. And that word perception or, excuse me, perspective comes from the word perceive. And it actually means to look through. In other words, to look through it. One of the things they've always had a difficult time. I'm just going to be honest with you. Have you ever gotten where somebody gave you like, I don't know if it's called, is it called magic eyes where they give you like this, this thing with full of pictures or painting and they said, look through it, you know, put it close to your face, then move it back and you're going to look through it. I go, how do you look through it? I mean, it's, it's there on the face. I mean, no, no, look through it. Go back, back it up. And I'm going like this, and my, my eyes are going, I don't see nothing. Don't you see the picture? Don't you see it's like a 3D motion picture going on? I, said, I see squat. I see red. I see purple. You guys know what I'm talking about? You go online, you, you'll see those things. They go, look through it. How do I look through it? It's a piece of paper. There's nothing to look through. And apparently, you're supposed to look through it. And I think I believe, which is Paul, when he's saying this, uh, he's able to rejoice. He's got one of those uh, uh, perspectives that he's looking through the problem. Are you hearing me? Instead of being in the problem. Are you with me? We got to be able to look through it and say, maybe God, you're doing something here. And see, sometimes if we look at it at face value, you're going to get worried. You're going to get filled with anxiety. And here is Paul. He's able to look through it this morning. And he's able to say, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice, even though he's in prison, even though he's locked down, even though he's in quarantine, even though he can't get out of where he's at, he's able to look through it. He gets the praise perspective. And he says, you know what? I'm going to praise God no matter what the circumstances, no matter what's going on on in my life. I'm going to find a place to praise God. And he, get, he gets this praise perspective. Now, I love, I love what he said because he could have said something else. Are you with me? And, and he could have read out of the Bible the WPV. How many have ever heard of the WPV version? We heard of the NIV. The, NIV, the WPV version is wrong perspective version. Have you ever heard of that version? And when you get the wrong perspective version of the Bible, it could go something like this. He goes, now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that, that what's happening to me really sucks. My God let me down. I'm overwhelmed with anxiety and depression and hopelessness. And because of all the hell that I'm going through, I'm going to quit going to church and I'm going to quit ministry. That's the WP version. 
How many have read that a couple of times in your life? How many have recited that? Are you with me? And you said, man, I feel overwhelmed. I feel anxiety. I feel like I can't make it. I feel like, man, nothing's going to change. I feel like, man, you can't seem to get the victory because you're reading the WP version, brother. You got the wrong perspective version. You don't got the right Bible. You're reading out of the wrong version. And whenever you look at it, you're never going to get a praise perspective. You're going to get depressed. You're going to get overwhelmed. I'm preaching better than you're clapping. Hallelujah. And so Philippians chapter 1 verse 19, he says, For I know, he said, that as you pray for me and the spirit of Jesus Christ helps me, this will lead to my deliverance. That's somebody that got a praise perspective. For I fully expect and hope that I will never be ashamed, but that I will continue to be bold for Christ. He said that I've been in the past. And I trust that my life will bring honor to Christ. Here's this guy. Whether I live or die, I'm willing to live or die. It doesn't matter. For me to live means living for Christ and dying is even better. Can you imagine that? That's a praise perspective. And then in verse 22, he says, now, if I'm going to go on living in this body, this will mean productive work for me. Yet I don't know which I prefer. So here is Paul. He's uncertain of his situation. He's uncertain what's going to happen. He said, I can live or die. I'm not sure, but I want my life to give God praise. I want my life to give God honor. And that's the first chapter. That's the beginning of the letter that Paul is saying all of this. And I I wonder as I begin to read that, I wonder that, you know, Paul did not start the letter by talking about himself. He started the letter about, you know what? I'm going to trust God and I'm going to give my, my life is going to bring honor to God. My life is going to bring honor to God. See, in uncertain times in our lives this morning, how do we react? What happens in our lives? And I love what Paul, he is modeling some confidence. Say confidence. He starts the letter by talking about all that has transpired as a result of what God is doing in his life. He says, you know what? I'm going to be more bold. I'm going to do this. And look at what he said. Jump down. Uh, or uh, go to Philippians chapter 1, verse 12. It says this. I love what it says here. He says, now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. That's a praise perspective. He said, what has actually, what's happening in my life right now, what actually is happening is actually advanced the gospel. All the things that are going on in my life have actually been something that is called the advance of the gospel. And then he says this. He says, as a result, it's become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I'm imprisoned for Christ or chained for Christ. And because of my imprisonment or my chains, most of the brothers and sisters, what? Have become confident in the Lord. And they're all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. I love this. He says, you know what? He got a different perspective. He says, you know what? Though I'm in prison, though all of these things have been unfair in my life, he said, I'm not looking at the outside. I'm not looking at the face value, but actually God is doing something powerful. I said, God is doing something powerful. See, what's happening in my lockdown, what's happening in my uh, ability not to preach, what's happening in the fact that, you know what, I'm in quarantine, God is actually doing something supernatural. Can I tell you something? I want to be honest with you. During this time, two and a half, 
Has it been two and a half months, I think? Sometimes, almost three months, actually. Two and a half, three months. Uh, believe it or not, the gospel of Jesus Christ had been advanced. The building may be closed, but the church never closed. There are more people listening and hearing the gospel than ever before. There are more people asking questions about God than ever before. It was a viral revival. Hallelujah. And something happened as a result. Now, we may be thinking, man, I didn't like it. We may not have liked it, but I want you to know, actually, are you with me? What's happened is that it's advanced the gospel. Can you say amen? amen? Sometimes this morning, it may not look pretty when we're making progress. Are you with me? It may not look good. It may not be what we want. But in, in the meantime, your greatest progress in God could be your greatest mess. How many have ever worked out? Now, don't raise your hand, especially if you've just only worked out once. But you, you've worked out or you work out. And, and if you've ever gone to work out, uh, I've done it once in a while. And you go out and you work out. What, I, I, you don't look your best. You ever met someone that they just got out of the gym? You go, hey, hi, Pastor. Oh, hi. How's it going? Their face is red. They're sweating. Their hair is undone. You know, they don't look their best. I'm just being honest with you. And, and you know, like, hey, what happened to you, man? You, you know, well, you know, they just ran five miles. And they just pumped some iron. And they did some squats. They didn't, they didn't look their best. But they accomplished a lot. Sometimes for us to do something for God, we're not going to look our prettiest, but we're going to be the most productive. Can you say amen? God's greatest miracle in your life is going to come in the middle of your biggest mess. And so Paul is saying, my, 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 my situation here is, is basically in advance the gospel. You notice that Paul is not talking about or complaining about the conditions of his life. He's not talking about how hard it is in prison. He's not talking about, uh, uh, you know, the food is no good. The resources are no good. Man, the food sucks. You know, I've had diarrhea since Easter's, you know, all these different things. He's not saying any of those things. Uh, a little nacho leave it there and anyway uh, it's overcrowded here you know my conditions are bad uh, but I, I, I wonder listen to me I wonder if Paul had gotten you know had learned something in his experience walking with God that his priorities has straightened out see I wonder this morning if what's happening to us had not caused us to straighten out our priorities he sometimes it's not what's happening on the outside, but it's what's happening on the inside. Are you with me? See, when we go through areas or things in our life this morning, when we go through external events, what I think it's more important what's going on in the inside than what's going on on the outside. I have found this morning, the last two and a half months, in pastoring people and talking to people during this pandemic, I'm more concerned not what's happening on the outside. I'm concerned what's happening on the inside. Attitudes start coming out, you know, anger and people getting, no, well, I'm going to pray, amen, we're going to pray. But, but I think Paul, Paul somehow got past that. And we could tell that he wasn't talking about his circumstances, he wasn't talking about prison life, blah, 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 I did this, I did that. He didn't, he didn't go through, he didn't even emphasize any of that. He is now focused, are you with a focus? He is focused on God, and he's saying, you know what? Actually, beneath the surface, God is doing something powerful. See, when we can get to a place 
this morning where we can get a different perspective on what's going on in our life, we can finally begin to praise God in spirit and in truth. Can you say amen? We can finally get to a place where we say, God, it doesn't matter what's happening. Uh, you know, a lot of us said, man, I couldn't wait. Uh, I, I just can't wait to get to church and praise God. Well, why are you waiting? Why don't you just praise God at home? Why aren't you worshiping God at home? I mean, I'm excited to be here. I mean, I felt today, this morning, hey, how many remember, some of you older guys, or older people here today, you remember when you couldn't wait to go the first day of school? That's kind of how I felt today, man. I was like, man, school's going to happen. Woo! I'm going to see my friends. I'm excited. I'm going to put my best clothes on. You remember how I used to do this? I, I remember the first day of school, I, I would sleep with my clothes on. I'm being honest. I slept with my clothes on, you know, like this, so it wouldn't... I, I, I was so excited to wear my new clothes. I don't even know what I'm talking about. I'm just being honest. When we went to school, my, you know, during the summer, my mom bought us new clothes. So when we went to school, we had new clothes on, man. And I just couldn't wait to wear them. So I just would put them on the night before, and I'd just sleep like that. So that I wake up, I have the new clothes. Anyway, that's a whole different story. So here is Paul the Apostle, and he said, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. In other words, he's saying, man, I got a praise perspective. I, I, I've, got a, I've got a perspective that's different than prison life. And he's saying, you know, they think they got me unlocked now, but really, it's really an opportunity for him because there was prison guards that were around him so he said man they got they they think they got me in prison but you know what i got an opportunity to preach to them and so the bible says as he began to preach to them these prison guards started getting saved and all of a sudden all these guards in the palace started talking about the gospel and people in Rome started hearing the good news because people started getting saved because it was so powerful. The apostle Paul said, what's happening here in prison, you know what, has actually advanced the gospel and now people are getting saved. Lives are being changed. As a result of my lockdown, God is on the move. I said, God is on the move. Now, here's what I want to get to this morning. And this is what Paul is saying here. He's talking about that, you know, he's been in prison. But can I tell you something? Paul had been in prison before. Now, as I look around here, I know some of you don't raise your hand. You've been in prison before. Amen. But it wasn't for the gospel. I can tell you that. He was in, he'd been in prison. His prison record was as a result of not committing crimes, but it was a result of him preaching the gospel. And so we get to Acts chapter 16 because he had been in prison before. And I'm leading up to something here because he'd been in prison before. And in Acts chapter 16, Paul and Silas have been preaching and they get to Macedonia. And here's the great thing about them. They're there, they're ministering, lives are being changed, and they're on their way to connect group. They're on their way to a gathering. And as they're on their, on their way, this young girl comes and she begins to bother them, begins to get under their skin. Finally, Paul's so bothered and annoyed by this young girl, he cast the devil out of her. Hallelujah. Bible said the devil came out of her. And, and, and all of a sudden, as a result of that, a riot breaks out. We're familiar with riots right now. Riot breaks out. A mob comes in, and they get in there, and, and they begin to beat them. They begin to attack them. And in verse 22 of Acts 16, it says, the crowd joined in to attack 
against Paul and Silas and the magistrates or the authorities ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. So already they were attacked by a mob and then the authorities said, oh, let's beat them again, strip them and beat them down. I mean, talk about uh, someone that like, they're preaching the gospel, they're doing something good and all of a sudden they're stripped down, they're beaten and some of us this morning, I hope you're never stripped down, we don't want to see that, but I hope this morning you're not stripped of your faith and your confidence. I hope this whole thing hasn't stripped your faith and your confidence in God. And so here they are. They're now in prison. And I want you to visualize this. They're in prison. They probably have broken nose. They probably have broken ribs. They're probably bruised. They're probably bleeding. And the Bible says they're there. And, and they decide to do something that probably most of us would not have would not have done. Instead of shouting, this is unfair, instead of saying, this isn't right, instead of writing their senator, they said, you know what? We might, have, might as well have a worship night. And there they are, it's about midnight. I'm going I'm to give you a spoiler alert, okay? They, it's about midnight, and, and, and they're saying, you know what? All that's going on in my life right now, they're saying, man, they've been, they've been beaten, they've been bruised, they've been... Uh, a riot has turned out, you know, uh, as a result of them preaching the gospel. They just begin to say, you know what, we're, we're, let, why don't we have a worship night? It's kind of equivalent. Are you listening to me? It's kind of equivalent to you and I when, you know, when we lose our job, might as well just have worship night. Man, when things, when we're not able to pay the bills, you know what, let's have a worship night. When somebody gets sick in your family, when somebody gets really sick in your family, instead of complaining, say, you know what? I'm going to have a worship night. You know, when we find out our, our kids are on drugs, when we find out they're doing the wrong thing, we're going to have a worship night. Are you with me? That's a different perspective. That's a praise perspective. That's exactly, somebody, you, it's all right, you can clap. Let's be honest this morning. A lot of times when we don't get this perspective, we start looking at all the bad instead of all the right. See, I believe this morning that no matter how bad things are, there's still something good to praise God about. I said, no matter how bad things are, there's still something good to praise God about. I, I, I've read this before, but I think I need to read this to you again. It says, if you woke up this morning with more health than illness, you are more blessed than a million people who won't survive this week. If you've never experienced the danger of battle, the loneliness of imprisonment, the agony of torture, the pains of starvation, you are ahead of 20 million people around the world. If you attend a church meeting without the fear of harassment, arrest, well, not lately anyway, torture or death, right? You are more blessed than almost 3 billion people in the world. If you have food in your refrigerator, clothes on your back, a roof over your head, a place to sleep, listen to this, you are richer than 75% of the world. If you have money in the bank and in your wallet and spare change in a dish somewhere, you are among the top 8% richest people in the world. If your parents are still married, and that's kind of rare around here, you are more blessed than most people. If you can even read, you are more blessed than 2 billion people around the world who can't read. 
There's something to praise God about. I said, there's something to praise God about. All these different things, there hasn't been a miracle that has happened, and they're praising God. They're not praising God for what, they're praising God for who. Are you hearing me? See, sometimes we only praise God for what he's doing rather than praising God for who he is. He's all-powerful. He's almighty. He's good. No matter what's going on, can you say amen? And so this praise wasn't for the what. It was for the who. And they begin to praise God. And again, I'm going to give you a spoiler alert. They begin to praise God. They begin to honor God. They begin to lift up the name of Jesus. They begin to give praise. And all of a sudden, uh, there was uh, an earthquake and their chains uh, uh, that they were bound with fell to the floor. The prison doors were open. Because I want you to know when we begin to praise God, uh, bondages are broken. Strongholds are broken. Broken. And here's what I love, and here's what I want to live. This is why what he says in Philippians chapter 4, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, what makes that scripture more powerful is because Paul the apostle, listen to me, Paul the apostle had seen God deliver him from prison. Paul the apostle had seen God set him free just by praising God. But yet, in Philippians chapter 4, he's still in prison. He's not gotten delivered. Are you hearing me? Yet he's offering God praise. Yet he hadn't, there was no jailbreak. Are you with me? Because he still learned how to praise God for who he was, not for what he's done. Can you say amen? I said for who he is, not for what he's done. Can you say amen? See, I believe this today. We've got to change our perspective when it comes to praise. Sometimes we just need to praise God for who he is, not for what he's done. Can you say amen? We need to praise God for who he is, that he's all-powerful, that he's almighty. And I believe this morning, Paul the apostle had that perspective. And again, when you go back to Acts chapter 16, the Bible says that the Lord began to move. And I imagine, let me just go back there. And we can have the worship team come up here in just a moment. I want you guys to come up here now. But I want you to think about this. I'm going to go back to Acts chapter 16. They were, they was midnight, and, and I imagine Paul, you know, they, they, they're all bruised up. They're tired. And, and I imagine Paul is laying there, you know, they're on this cold floor, on a prison floor. And they've been wrongly done, and here they are, and it's about midnight. That means probably Paul woke up Silas. Probably Silas was asleep. And Paul said, hey, and, and he probably nicknamed him Cell. Hey, Cell. You know, everybody has a nickname. When you have good friends, you give them a nickname. Am I right? If, if your friend don't have a nickname, that means you got not that good of a friend. But when you got good friends, everybody's got a nickname. Am I right? And so they say, hey, Cell. And he goes, what's up, Paul, man? I'm sleeping. Are you awake? He says, I'm, I'm awake now. He said, man, hey, what you think, Cell? What? what? You know, Sal, you and I have been through this for a while, bro. And, and what, do you think we, what do you think we just start singing a little bit and praising God a little bit? Right now, dude? Like, right now. Let's just begin to praise God. And all of a sudden, they begin to praise God. Are you with me? They begin to lift their voices. They didn't allow their feeling emotions to get in the way. Are you with me this morning? And they begin to lift up the name of Jesus. They begin to exalt his name. And in the middle of their pain, in the middle of their hurt, in the middle of their quarantine, 
they begin to lift up God, not for what he's done, but because of who he is. I said, not because of what he's done, but because of who he is. And I tell you this morning, that's what we need to do. Why don't we stand together? You know what? I, I, I want to sing that song. Yeah, that song right there. That song right there. Come on. This, this is a good song for this right now. And it's a good point in your life where you should be praising God for who he is, not for what he's done. Come on, sing it out to the Lord. Come on, lift your hands. Turn morning to dancing. Oh, here we go. You give beauty for ashes. You turn shame into glory. You're the only one who can. We sing again. You turn morning to dancing. You're the only one who cares. We're going to sing this out. You turn graves into gardens. You turn bones into armies. You turn seas into highways. You're the only one who cares. You turn graves. You turn graves into gardens. Of God, you just need to let it go. And if you want to come to the altar, you can. But I believe God's going to break some things today. Come on, sing it with me one more time. Sing it with me. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's message from Praise Chapel Paramount. If you want to stay connected, follow us online with Facebook and Instagram at PC Paramount or visit our website at praisechapelparamount.com.